Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Let me share with you some debt limit trickery. It's, we're not talking about the Democratic Party, the Republican Party. We're talking about the press. How a story is kind of getting manipulated. When we take a look at what's going on with the debt ceiling, it is clear and it is obvious that the Democratic Party said, we're not here to debate the debt ceiling. And the Republican Party said, we're in charge of the House of Representatives. We're the ones who make this call. You're now going to negotiate. And here, we'll put a piece of legislation together. And they put a bill together. Now, Democrats can hem and awe and scream and complain and be upset that, oh, they put it together so late. Well, that's inconsequential. They put it together. They have put it together and said, here, here you go. The Republicans have something. The Democrats have nothing. And then to add on to the nothing that they have, the Democrats decided to say, well, not only do we have nothing, but when we meet on May 9th, we're not even going to debate this with you. We are not going to bring this up. There is going to be absolutely no conversation about the debt limit. That's a totally separate thing. What do you mean? What do you mean that's a totally separate thing? Who decides that that's a totally separate thing? We're here. Let us discuss the issues. Let us debate the issues. So now, what we hear is this headline from The Hill. GOP McCarthy now face even heavier debt ceiling lift. Why? They're the ones who have backed the Democrats into a corner. They put together a bill. Where's the bit of legislation on the debt ceiling coming from the Democrats? They're the ones prepared to negotiate. The Democrats won't negotiate. But it's the Republicans who face the heavier lift? If you want a prime example of how media moves to go after certain political parties, meaning the Republican Party, and protect certain political parties, meaning the Democratic Party, I have now given you the latest, greatest example. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, I don't know if I said hello or not. I forget sometimes. 833-GOT-TONY. Did I say hello? I didn't say hello yet? It's Tony Katz. What's going on, Boo Bear? How you doing, Pookie? You doing all right, kitten? 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. Speaker Kevin McCarthy, writes the Hill, Mike Lillis, pulled out all the stops last week to move a debt ceiling bill through the House. Twisting arms, modifying language, and cutting last-minute deals with leery Republicans to send the package to the Senate by the narrowest of margins. That might have been the easy part. Now, if this article had been written about Nancy Pelosi, you understand how different that article would be, right? You understand that if that article had been written about Nancy Pelosi, 
it wouldn't be about the hard lift. It would be about what an incredible master legislator she really is. And it would go on and on and on. Here, I actually have written it out for you. Speaker Nancy Pelosi, the greatest speaker who ever existed, pulled out all the stops last week to move a debt ceiling bill to save America from imminent collapse. She spoke gently yet firmly with members of her caucus, reminding them that their job is to protect the American people at all costs. If it weren't for Speaker Pelosi and her incredible skills of negotiation, we would all now be dead and women and minorities would be hurt worst. Praise you, Nancy Pelosi. And I'm so sorry your husband was with some weird guy in his underwear and got hit by a hammer. That's how it would have been written. That's how it would have gone down. But when it's a Republican, you don't get that. When it's a Republican, you get this. Warriors come out to play. Warriors come out to play. Admittedly, one of the best ad libs in movie history. That wasn't the line. That wasn't in the script. He just did it. Creepy, creepy. Creepy. So, why is the lift on the Republican Party? We shared with you, I said we, I shared with you some polling data. They actually had it on MSNBC. I thought it was pretty interesting. Now, to the extent that I believe anyone polled, neither here nor, here nor there. But the polling was MSNBC very upset that Republican chicanery is working. And Alex Wagner shared this polling information. Anyone who has been following the debt ceiling fights over the past decade, that ad feels like madness. It feels like you have been plunged into opposite land. But the GOP gaslighting seems to be working. This is a new poll from Morning Consult and Politico. It shows that most voters, 37%, would blame both parties equally if the U.S. defaulted on its national debt. Only 24% of voters would blame Republicans for a crisis that is literally manufactured by Republicans. And 30% of voters would blame Democrats. Now, uh, that, uh, that poll had, I believe, had a margin of error of 2%. The point is, if that's the data, why is the Hill writing the story the way they are? The Hill is clearly off base. The Hill is clearly involved in protecting friends and allies and those people who connect with them ideologically. That's not journalism because that's not the data. We have the data. Dear Lord, we had to rely on MSNBC to give us the data. Son of a gun. But there it is. The lift is not on the right. The lift is on the left. Another article from News Nation. By the way, we should note that News Nation owns the Hill. 
They're all owned by Nexstar. Utilizing a story from the Associated Press, Senate Democrats pressured Republicans on the debt ceiling impasse Thursday, focusing in on a hearing, focusing in a, a hearing on what they say will be painful reductions in government services if a bill recently passed by the House becomes law. Elections have consequences, and you lost. And oh, by the way, we're spending too much, and you think it's okay to turn our great-grandchildren into ATM machines. It's, it should be noted that our grandchildren aren't your money, bitch. What are you doing? How come, by the way, nobody says it to them like this directly? Sheldon Whitehouse should be told to kiss off on a daily basis, hourly. As a matter of fact, there should be an intern whose job it is just to knock on his office door and tell him to kiss off. The lift is not on Republicans. Pressure being put on Republicans? Republicans brought the bill. Republicans passed the legislation. Republicans are ready. It is you who are not negotiating. It is the progressive left that is not negotiating. And everyone can see it. So, you know, you got problems. 99 problems, but a budget ain't one. Debt limit ain't one. Just, you know, negotiate. You'll get some of what you want. And after all, that's what a negotiation does. You get some of what you want. I'm Tony Katz. We can all agree, and which is a really kind of almost improbable statement to make in today's society. We can all agree on one thing. Kylie Jenner had plastic surgery, right? We can agree on anything. There, there was something playing from, I guess it was the Met Gala or whatever. It's on one of the TV. I'm in studio today. And so I, I'm totally uncomfortable. Nothing is where it's supposed to be. Kylan is just staring. It's awkward. Um, and, and, and like, Entertainment Tonight is on in, in, the, in the studio. I don't know what happens here when I'm not here. It's very weird. And so they're doing this whole thing about people at the Met and what they were wearing. And one of the people is Kylie Jenner. So that's the... Uh, well, if if your dad is Bruce and now Caitlin, maybe your whole life is a little awkward. You know, when when your sister, your stepsister is famous for a sex tape and then your other stepsisters are like, oh, we do the same. We just don't make the tapes. Um, and, and you know, it, it's, a, it's a weird family dynamic. I, I get that. I, I absolutely get that. Tony Katz, good to be with you, Tony Katz, today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Uh, but they're showing this video, and they show Kylie Jenner. Now, Kylie Jenner is a billionaire. She's made a billion utilizing the name and utilizing the plastic surgery to put out this makeup line and some other things. A billion dollars. It's, it's unbelievable. You have to take a look in the before and after photos. You have to do it. There, there's, it's impossible to think that they are even the same person. It's it's out of control if you think these are the same people. And everything this says is, why like yourself when you could have a better version of yourself through plastic surgery? It's the, the level of experimentation here.
Now, I say this as a guy who has, A, had plastic surgery, and B, have no issues with plastic surgery. Um, I, I have an issue with facelifts. All right, I, admit, I also have an issue with the whole lip thing. With the whole, you know what I'm talking about? Like the, the lips and they're giant. And it's like, what, what has happened? Did nobody discuss proportion with you? It, it's weird. The whole duck lip kind of, is that what they call it? That's the pose, yeah. That's the pose. Like when you're posing and you mm-hmm. do the little like pucker thing in, in, in your Instagram pose. But like the, the, the lip fill things, it's, it's, it's lip filler, right? Yep, lip filler. Yeah. It's super creepy. It is super, there's there's just nothing. You can pretend that it's attractive, but it's not. And I'm just, I just need to set some ground rules here. Her whole face is different. I really don't know if her body is different. Her whole face, it's just, the jawline, the nose, the cheeks. She rebuilt her whole face. You're like, my God, this is crazy. And then you take a look at the bank account, and you're like, well, is it? Now, I say yes, but I'm sure there are a lot of young girls out there who are like, see? See, this is why I got to do this. There's a weird message. And I don't know if the message is totally barbaric. You've heard me discuss the idea that I don't believe in the mutilation of children. I, I've discussed this on the transgender side, and I apologize to no one for it. I apologize not to a soul for my position. I could defend my position. I, I'm, I'm willing to fight for my position, absolutely. Am I opposed to a 14-year-old girl getting a nose job? No. No. I am not. Now, maybe a doctor would say, well, you don't do it at 14. You wait till a little bit older. You wait till the, some facial bones settle. Okay, but conceptually, I'm not opposed to somebody under the age of 18 getting a nose job. If we want to go to some of the old school kind of lines, an old school kind, I don't want to use the word trope. Uh, I grew up a Jewish kid in New Jersey. Trust me, I knew some girls who got some nose jobs. I, 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 these were my people. I saw these things. I did not get a nose job. This thing right here, perfect. Perfect button, done, set. People pay cash money for this nose. You're welcome, America. I do it for you. There's a difference in the idea of this thing I want to change and I want to pretend I'm something else. But when I ask myself about the pretend I'm something else, is that what Kylie Jenner did? Or is Kylie Jenner saying, no, 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 this is how I see myself? Well, she's over 18. She can do whatever it is that, that she chooses. But let's now take it another way. Is that what, what these people are doing? This is how I see myself. Okay, this is how you see yourself. You'll notice that if you're over 18, I don't make an argument that there's uh, that you can't do it, although I, I may not understand it or, or agree with it. If a 12-year-old says, this is how I see myself, do you then allow them to engage these kinds of surgeries because you would for a nose job? 
I think it's very easy to say, well, of course not, and don't be crazy. Because of course not, and don't be crazy. They're fundamentally different things, and the rational mind knows this. Is it okay to go about extreme levels of plastic surgery? And what does that tell the kids who watch this? Because the amount of people watching Kylie Jenner, can you do me a favor, Kylan? Can you tell me how many Instagram followers uh, Kylie Jenner has? Search that up for me. How many TikTok followers that she has? And then you'll realize that if you think somebody on the radio or somebody on TV has influence, you don't know anything. What is the influence here? Now, I'm not saying that every part of it is pure and adulterated evil. I am saying that Kylie Jenner is not recognizable from the person she was born as. She's not. How many on, on, on TikTok there, uh, there Kylie? TikTok is 52.4 million and okay. then 388 million on Instagram. 388 million. Mm -hmm. 388 million. Okay. But, but tell me more about how Tucker is influential. Go on. I dare you. The reason I, I bring this up is first I, I I just saw the I just saw the video pass by on, on, on one of the screens here. I was like, oh my gosh, she's not attractive. Please stop telling me she's attractive. Stop trying to stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. But even though I don't think she's beautiful. 300 plus million people are watching this every single second of the day. Oh, what did Kylie Jenner post? Oh, what did Kylie Jenner say? Oh, what did Kylie Jenner do? Oh, what's happening to Kylie Jenner? Every single moment, they're watching this, seeing this, and they watch what she did, and they look at the life that she pretends to lead on these social media sites, and they say, I want that to be me. What do I have to do? That's right, butcher my face. And that leads to the question of, is social media damaging? Well, it's certainly damaging to the idea that you think it's real. None of this is real. But is anybody going to question that she's living a, a life that it looks and very much is a fantasy, unconnected from reality? A billion dollars? What is she, 22? And you don't think that doesn't have an effect? Has an effect. It has an effect. And um, people out there who have children, they, 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 you have to be aware of what your kids are watching, what they're seeing, and how it is warping a reality. Because this is this is warping a reality. And it starts with the fact that Kylie Jenner looks nothing like Kylie Jenner. She warped her own reality. And so how could it not be anything else when you watch her? I want Kylie Jenner to be happy. Go live your life. Make your money. No issues. It's just, man, she's done a lot to her face. And none of it's good. One man's opinion. I'm Tony Katz.
transnational issue should not fall on the backs of mayors and cities to resolve a national problem. And on the political front, you are a strong supporter of President Biden. Is that yes. fair to say? Yes, it is. Um, th- this is an issue, though, that Republicans uh, intend to run on as they run against him for the presidency. Does it concern you at all that uh, you might be viewed as feeding into a narrative that is being used against your political ally? No, you know what concerns me is that New Yorkers are going to be impacted. Every service we deliver will be impacted by the financial crisis that's associated uh, with uh, the migrant asylum seeker issue. Every Look at that. The mayor of New York, Eric Adams, laying it directly at the feet of Joe Biden because the issue at the border is directly at the feet of Joe Biden. He's the president of the United States. I don't want to hear about Trump. I don't want to hear about past this, that, the other. Biden's the guy. Biden has failed. Now, you can argue that Congress has failed over the years in engaging legislation that would stop this madness. But we should be completely clear that Joe Biden has failed, and it's inescapable. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Let uh, Mayor Adams continue. We service, and we're witnessing that every day. Does that include public safety, I wonder? It includes everything. W- we- what is your concern as it relates to public safety and this, this flow of, of people into the city? I don't, I don't understand the question. Uh, I'm just asking you, yeah, saying it will affect public safety. I'm- yes. Well, we had to, our uh, law enforcement community had to do uh, what's called a PEG program to eliminate the gap. That is 4% in efficiencies they had to find, uh, as all of my agencies had to, had to do that. We had to find the dollars so that we can balance our budget. And much of those dollars, we spent close to a billion dollars thus far that came out of our coffers. That's real money. Cities having to pay for what's happening because of the failures of the federal government. The question before us is, why should it just be Texas? Why should Texas be the only place that has to suffer, the only place that has to pay? Why just Arizona? Why just New Mexico? Why shouldn't New Yorkers pay? Why shouldn't the people of Duluth, Minnesota pay? Why shouldn't the people of Indianapolis, Indiana pay? These people aren't coming to Texas. They're coming to America. And everybody should feel the burden. And when we know that the problem is so intense, why is the White House Press Secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, saying this? So just a, just a, a couple of things for folks are aware. Um, uh, so while Republicans continue to push uh, to lay off 2,000 border uh, patrol agents, uh, we are uh, firing on all cylinders to prepare for the return to Title VIII uh, on May 11th. And so last week, the Biden-Harris administration announced those sweeping measures that I mentioned uh, moments ago from the state and DHS. Stop. First, firing on all cylinders? You're the people of electric cars. Why would you use the terminology firing on all cylinders? I'm sorry, am I the only one who caught that? Like, that's very much out of, that. that is the wrong use of terminology there by, by, by her. Really just 
poorly done. And I, I don't even know why she used it. But part two. And so last week, the Biden-Harris administration announced those sweeping measures that I mentioned. Uh, the Biden-Harris administration? When Maybe I missed it. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's me, boo-boo. Maybe it's me, kitten. And, and, I, and I missed it, Boo Bear. When is the last time Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, referred to it as the Biden-Harris administration? I, I'm telling you that I, I don't, I don't recall it. I don't recall that happening at all. I don't recall the last time that got said. Moments ago from the state and DHS uh, to expand legal pathways, launch regional process centers, surge uh, asylum officers and judges and more. And yesterday, as you are uh, uh, alluding to here, uh, Mary, we announced additional joint actions with Mexico, uh, including participation in regional processing centers and continuation (laughs) of uh, effective border enforcement measures under Title VIII. And so we're using all the tools available to us. I don't have a number to share uh, at this time. What tools are you using that are available to you, Corinne Jean-Pierre? Just curious. Just a man asking a question out loud. What tools specifically are you using? Because uh, the Border Patrol would like to have some words with you. The Border Patrol would like you to know that, no, uh, you're not using any of the tools, actually. You've made the problem worse. And uh, they would like for this to stop. If they actually had some tools to use, they would think that's exceptional. If they had, you know, some technology that really monitored the border and let you know when there were crossings, if we had more wall, if we had more people, oh, yeah, that would be world class. But it is imperative to remember that the, the border issue is directly on the feet, at the feet of Joe Biden. Cannot be said any other way. Cannot be described any other way. Now, one of the other big stories out there right now is um, what's going on with Joe and Hunter Biden. And... He's someone who how they uh, are well in the spotlight, specifically when we talk about uh, Hunter Biden, and we question whether or not there are going to be charges that are brought from this Justice Department, charges regarding his tax situation and his firearm situation. So we understand each other. Hunter Biden lied on Form 4473. He lied to buy a firearm. When it asks, are you under the influence? He said no. When the answer is clearly yes, he said so in his book. It is not debatable. It is not deniable. He said yes. He violated the law to purchase a firearm. And the people who demand that we are much more aggressive about firearms 
and and curtailing their use and and fighting uh, about this well we need to make sure that those people are on board with saying that Hunter Biden needs to go to jail never mind everything Hunter Biden did with the Chinese and Ukraine and money and 10% for the big guy if you ask me he's guilty look he's innocent until proven guilty that's what these courtrooms are for we just don't you know like to hang around guys in robes we want them to have a purpose but if you ask me guilty this brings us to the story of joe biden which is a different story because the story here is whether or not joe biden as vice president of the united states was engaged in working with a foreign national and taking bribes that's a heck of an allegation kids that is one heck of an allegation did Joe Biden, as vice president, take bribes to help out a foreign national? Well, there's a whistleblower who says it happened. There's a whistleblower who went to Chuck Grassley, the ranking member on the Senate Judiciary Committee, I believe it is, saying this is what happened. James Comer, who is the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, Republican from Kentucky, heard about it and said, wait, what? And put out a subpoena to the FBI for the documentation. Because according to sources, there is something called an FD-1023 form that is unclassified and details an arrangement involving an exchange of money for policy decisions. This is a big blanking deal as Joe Biden would say. This is a story. This is a story that if this had been Donald Trump, if Donald Trump was president and this story came out, what, what, what? People would lose their ever-loving minds. This marriage is a lie. They'd go out of their heads. Screaming, yelling. Holy crap, I am freaking out. They wouldn't know which end is up. There would be no other story going on in America. Hey, news director, I'd like to report about this murder. Hard no. Hard no, indeed. It would all be about this. It would be 24-7 about Trump and his dealings, and how we need to discuss impeachment. Oh, Lord Jesus, this is a fire. It would be brutal. But it's, it's Biden. It's Biden. And they're not going to, they're not going to discuss this. They're not going to discuss the problems with this story that are massive. Instead, they're just going to, you know, pretend that everything is normal. Yay! I got mail! Yay! Things are not normal. It's a one-two punch. And the story about the whistleblower is, is a big one. Now, what's it going to lead to? What, what actually happened? I don't have the answer to that yet. But certainly, when Chuck Grassley, the, the uh, senator, ranking member, 
of the judiciary says, I've got a whistleblower here who says that then-Vice President Biden engaged in a bribery scheme with a foreign national. We should take a look at that. And then we should ask ourselves, how does this connect to a whole lot of classified documents found everywhere Biden is? Yeah. Yeah, I told you this would be a story if it was Trump. I'm Tony Katz. When I can't find the words, I just go. Ed Sheeran not guilty. The copyright case involving the Marvin Gaye song. The whole Let's Get It On song. There's Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. And then there's Ed Sheeran's Thinking Out Loud. And so the feeling was, was that the song was a little too close to Marvin Gaye. And that it's stolen. It's just stolen and done, and that's it. Ed Sheeran was pretty upset about it. Because he's like, I, I, I write my own music. I work hard on this. Jury came back in two and a half hours. And Sheeran actually did say, yeah, like they, they were like, okay, he didn't do it. This is, this is done. And clearly they all got tickets to his next concert. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's not clear. Do I actually have to be that guy who's like, that's, that was not true and not get sued? Because uh, that was not true. Don't sue. He had actually said, if that happens, I'm done. I'm stopping. He's going to stop writing. Do me a favor. Find the song. Find Thinking Out Loud. Hands don't play the strings the same way. Mm. I know you will still love me the same. Because honey, you're on. so who could never grow. Wow! Oh, get it on. Um, I can sing better than that. I was just doing it for a fact. Yeah, um, did he steal that? Well, considering the amount of songs out there that are the same three chords, I don't know how you I don't know how you prove it. How would you prove the intent of something like that? Meanwhile, he's uh he he is uh he is not on the hook. He's he's in the free and clear on on that story. Not in the free and clear are the Anthony Fauci's of the world. The people who told us that we have to listen to them and only to them because they know what's best. And now, as we learned or have learned over the past few years, that they didn't know what they were talking about, didn't follow the silence, a science, and they hurt our kids. Never mind what they did to adults. Now they want to say, ah, can we cut it out with the blame game? Could we... Just put an end to that madness here. Let me let me let me play this for you right here. But I want to know what you think you and the community got wrong. Was the closing of the schools too draconian? How much of a delay did the fact that nobody fully understood the asymptomatic spread of this, nobody figured out that it could actually bust through certain vaccine levels as well. What are the real yeah. takeaways and yeah. the real lessons for I public think, health? Yeah. I think we have to get away from the blame game because so many of the things that you have mentioned were unknowns at the time. It's so easy, and I made that comment uh, in my response to one of the questions that Davis Wallace Weld 
asked me. In this the is New- in the New York Times profile. In the New York Times profile. And I didn't mean it as an affront to him, but I said, you know, this is really big time Monday morning quarterbacking here, which is what it is. With all due respect, Dr. Fauci, we knew that if a vaccine was 95% effective, that you could still get COVID even if you were vaccinated, just because we can do math. But yet the ladies of The View spread the lie day in and day out, week in and week out, month in and month out, year in and year out, that if you didn't get vaccinated, you were going to kill Meemaw. We're not engaged in Monday morning quarterbacking. We're not engaged in revision. You are. We knew the science. You didn't. The CDC didn't follow the science. The ladies of The View did not engage the science. And when we wanted to discuss the science, we were silenced on social media platforms. Thank goodness for talk radio where I was never silenced once. Not once, not ever. It's Monday morning quarterbacking. This isn't something we learned five years later. This is something we knew six months later. And many of us wanted to go about living our lives and people like you said no, lockdown, shutdown, no schools. That's not Monday morning morning quarterbacking. That's you being held responsible for your actions, sir. This is Tony Katz today.